to go in game three. OG with a look. Got it! OG and Anobi at the buzzer! OG! Oh my! When Robert Williams, a revelation in his series so far, took his first shot of game three, he must have felt confident. He'd been wiping and mopping the floor with the Toronto Bigs like a school janitor and the accuracy he was shooting with was akin to a misguided teen in a US high school who decided to do something drastic. Williams had gone 10 from 10 from the floor in the first two games. His strength, athleticism and positioning had allowed him to dominate. Ibaka instead decided to ask Williams, how hungry are you, by putting a stop to the streak and blocking Robert's first attempt of the night. At this moment, Williams no longer had the same aura as his namesake, Bayern Munich's deadly number nine. He would end the game with a miserly three points. Which was more than a backer, interestingly enough. More on Surge Watch later. But this block set the course for the rest of this game, as it was finally a sign that the Raptors had made some adjustments and were no longer making things easy for the Celtics. There wasn't the same stagnancy in movement and play design that we saw in the first two games. The level of Boston's defensive intensity didn't drop in this game, rather there was no longer a reliance and predictability about the Raps simply trying to exploit mismatches in iso ball or occasionally throwing the Celtics pick and roll looks with Gasol at the top of the key. The ball was in the hands of Carl Lowry much more in this game and he acted as the primary playmaker, something which I called for in the last episode. Lowry would wow me with 31 points, assisting his Raps family with a sizable dowry of 8 assists, complemented by 6 rebounds and 2 steals. It's something we've also said a lot before on this podcast, which is that when Lowry is scoring the ball for this team, it often results in very, very favourable outcomes because he always does everything else and As long as his shooting touch is there, anything is possible for this team. He was aided by the Raps' second top scorer, Van Vliet, who came alive with 25 points, with five of those being from deep and six assists. However, it was important that all five starters finished with double digits and we also saw Matt Thomas come off the bench, which is something that Kamel wanted to see happen uh, in the last podcast episode. So although he didn't end up with any points, he was on the floor for six minutes. And we both hope that he will be playing maybe even double digit minutes for the rest of the series as his outside shooting can bring a lot to this team. It's also important to talk about some notable Celtics performances. Of course, Kemba Walker had 29 points this game, 9 of 15 from the floor, 4 of 7 from 3. He was simply phenomenal. Jason Tatum, interestingly enough, only finished with 15 points. He shot less than 35% in this game and shutting him down was a big reason for the Raptors' success. But... It also highlights one reason why both of these teams are so special. 
even when their primary offensive players are not playing well, they still very much have the ability to win. In fact, the Celtics looked like they were going to win this game, but we had we then proceeded to have two of the craziest final possessions that I've seen for a long time in the postseason. Back-to-back spectacular plays in a streak of playoff games where uh, the game was actually decided by the last play. So this was the fifth game in a row where in this year's playoffs, the game was decided by the last play. So uh, really a phenomenal postseason we're all able to witness as fans of the game. And I'll now look at what happened in those two possessions here. With less than 10 seconds remaining in this game, Kemba Walker has the ball at the halfway line. The Celtics choose to run a pick and roll with Marcus Smart, which brings Mark Gasol up above the three-point line. And at this point, Kemba Walker is double-teamed by Van Vliet and Gasol. Most players in this situation would probably decide to have passed the ball out, but Kemba Walker sees things other men don't. He proceeds to cross over Mark Gasol and get into the lane. This then forces Carl Lowry to step up, which was the correct defensive play. And Kemba Walker then looks like he has two options, which w- both of which would result in three-point attempts, either a wide-open Marcus Smart or a wide-open Jalen Brown. However, Kemba Walker sees something that maybe only one of five men on this planet would have seen. And this was a wide open Daniel Tice under the basket. This is not something that I would even criticise the Raptors on, given the fact that, you know, Kemba was able to penetrate the lane. They did make the right defensive rotation. Pascal Siakam maybe could have been closer to Daniel Tice, but again, he would have had to try and close out Jaden Brown if Kemba Walker made that pass like we all expected him to do. But Kemba seemed like he had eyes in the back of his head. He fakes out the whole Raptors team and threads the needle to Daniel Tice, who puts the ball in with less than two seconds remaining on the clock. We, in fact, had 0.5 seconds. Now, what would the Raps do next? Now, with 0.5 seconds left and during the timeout, Nick Nurse probably thought to himself, at best, we're probably going to get a contested man-on-man two-pointer. And most likely, we're going to get a double-team contested jumper. And this would be to tie the game up 103 to 103. Because at this point, the Raptors were down two points and it looked like they would be down 3-0 overall, which is of course a score that no NBA team in history has ever overcome in a playoff series. So things look dire, things look very bleak for this Raptors team. But what happens in this proceeding possession? Here, Brad Stevens intelligently chose to sub in Taco Fall to guard the out-of-bounds possession, which means Carl Lowry sees close to nothing when he's trying to pass this ball in. Now, I would advise everyone to watch this play again because it was similar to Kemba Walker's play. Most of us are looking at probably Marc Gasol, Siakam, uh, Van Vliet thinking, are they going to find a way to get 
the ball to one of these guys. And indeed, the Celtics defense was thinking the same thing. But there was one man in the left corner who seemed to be out on an island begging for a three-point shot. And this was just simply spectacular. I can't believe that Carl Lowry either even saw him over the long arms of tackle four, but somehow he manages to find a way to get the ball to him. But as Carl Lowry said himself after the game, the pass was nothing. That's how good the proceeding shot was. Despite how I've described this pass in great depth and detail, OG's shot was almost something of a miracle. How he managed to even get it off, I still can't believe. But he almost got it off comfortably, one could argue. It seemed that there was 0.2, 0.1 seconds left. The hand-eye coordination that was required to catch this ball and to get it up with such little time left has to be applauded. But not just that, to actually sink this basket and to give this Raptors team a lifeline in this series when me and Kamel have said... OG is such a key piece for this team to progress. Wow, what a night. What a game. If you guys didn't manage to catch this game, I would recommend you watch it from second one to minute 48 because this inspired the same kind of feelings when Kawhi made that legendary shot against the 76ers in last year's playoffs. It was just spectacular from a Raptors perspective and it gave the Raptors the lifeline they needed. They showed everyone why they are champions and they they are still the team to beat in this Eastern Conference. Let's see what they can do in game four of this series and going forward hopefully OG can replicate these same kind of performances and be like his idol Kawhi Leonard who he has drawn many comparisons to not only in his play style but also with his temperament van vliet all the way in van vliet tough shot no tatum with a rebound now smart hits the deck tatum wants to run it one on five and tatum goes all the way can't score the layup bodies on the floor smart and ananobi hit the deck well, Marcus Smart's doing everything he can to get a call. That's two flops in a matter of a minute. Great competitor, but man, you get a little tired of watching him flop all over the place. Here's Gasol, big shot. While Kawhi led the Raptors to a crucial Game 3 victory in last year's series against the Bucks to make it 2-1, his understudy OG Ananubi had cut the Raptors' deficit in half. Suddenly, from a sweep, it now looked like the Raptors just had a silver lining. It was not clear, of course. I mean, the Celtics had come out in Game 1 and hammered Toronto. Game 2, I guess, could have gone either way. And Game 3, you know, you need a miracle shot. And you're suddenly thinking, now the Raptors have a chance, but they actually need to start playing some basketball. They cannot have rely on these big shots, these, you know, crazy rainbow attempts from behind the arc. They have to play 48 minutes of quality basketball. 
And that's exactly what they did in Game 4. And just like Game 6 of the NBA Finals last year, Kyle Lowry, the Raptors' talisman, came out of the blocks flying, scoring 11 points in the first quarter. But more importantly, getting in the paint and getting fouls on the Celtics. It was very typical of Games 1 and 2. And I'm not just talking about Gasol, I'm talking about all the Raptors players to get in foul trouble early. But suddenly, you had fouls on crucial players like Kemba, like Jalen, and and also Jason Tatum as well. Another factor, three-point making. It seemed like they had been inspired by OG shot. And suddenly, they started making threes. Six rained down in the first quarter. We saw another three in the second quarter. And that actually, in suddenly in the first half of Game 4, the Raptors had made the same number of threes as they had in the entirety of Game 2. That includes three from three from behind the arc from Ibaka, who has been an absolute revelation, especially with Gasol's seemingly, either it's declining form or just as a terrible matchup in this series with the very athletic Boston team. But Ibaka has absolutely stepped up to the plate and he continued to show his form in Game 4. And yet, still at halftime, it was an extremely nervy match. 49-49, just two players on the court in double figures. It was a real team effort from both the sides. Only Jason Tatum, who scored 10, and Kyle Lowry, whose all 11 of his first half points came in the first quarter, reached double digits. Otherwise, you had 9 from Siakam, who, despite getting into the paint, was taking some very strange shots from behind the arc. He was one from eight from three in the first half and would go on to finish two from 13. We'll go on to Siakam a little bit later. It was the third quarter, however, a period where the Raptors have traditionally struggled this season, where they came flying out of the block, scoring 32 to 24. What was most important was two things. One, Siakam was getting inside and making the buckets. He scored 11 in this period. And secondly, when he wasn't getting inside, the Raptors were creating excellent looks from three. Now, Siakam was missing quite a few of these, we know. But the point is that Nick Nurse found a way to stop the Celtics' pinching defensive scheme in which they managed to get in on Van Vliet uh, on the high pick and rolls especially and you know in order to try and prevent any perimeter offense from the Raptors so what the Raptors did as and this is per the athletic I'll credit them is Nurse turned Van Vliet into Steph Curry so if you watch back some of the Raptors shots from game four you'll see as Grant Williams sunk in on the drive Van Vliet would then kick it out to Lowry but then Van Vliet would much to the bemusement of Kemba Walker, who seemed to forget about Freddie when he was off ball, move around the court like Steph in his prime. And you know when Van Vliet gets that opportunity, you know when he gets open, especially in clutch game four and fives, he is gonna deliver. This only really changed when they made a forced defensive substitution, bringing in Marcus Smart for Kemba Walker, and that pretty much ended the three-point joy, but... The point is the Raptors' three-point shooting is back. It was such a potent weapon last season and throughout the regular season this year. 
And, you know, you look at game one and two, we said in the last podcast, it has to regress, had, has to regress to the mean. You know, shooting 26% from three, such a quality team as well, but for any NBA team, it's not sustainable. It's gonna reach up, especially with the open looks that the Raptors are creating. And they shot a little bit above average this game. 17 from 44 from behind the arc. That's a 38.6% clip. Going into the fourth, we saw the Raptors up eight, actually mirroring their game two lead uh, just after half time. However, this time there was strong defensive effort from every single player on the court, mixed in with Nick Nurse's clever schemes. They seem to have worked out the Celtics in that second half, and I know that will worry fans of Boston going into Game 5. Overall, though, there's three players you've got to credit in this game. One, Serge Ibaka, sixth man off the bench, making up for Gasol's deficiencies in this series, not only inside and not only with his shot blocking, but from three, which is something really you never thought you'd say about Ibaka. Unless, of course, you think back to his performance against Philly in last year's Eastern Conference semi-finals, in which he scored some clutch triples. Secondly, Siakam looks like he's making somewhat of a comeback. Most people haven't seen his strong performances on the defensive end, which he, of course, continued in this game and was instrumental in that fourth quarter, especially against uh, the impending, seemingly impending Boston comeback. But he scored a team-high 23. Now, I know two from 13... Yeah, two from 13 doesn't sound great, but it was his work inside that really, really has cemented my personal confidence in him to step it up the rest of the series. And last, but no means least, in fact, of course he wasn't least, this is who the best player was. This game, it was Kyle Lowry. 22 points, 7 assists, 11 rebounds, 2 blocks and 2 steals, a phenomenal leadership performance coming out strong in the first closing out in the fourth he scored the most points for the Raptors in the opening and final quarters it's the definition of clutch and of course those two charges he took absolutely crucial in limiting Boston momentum we now look to game five the Raptors historically have done all right in game five of course game four has been very strong for them I think they've won the last six Game fives, let's see if it's another special night from Van Vliet, like it was last year against the Bucks. Or maybe the Raptors need to continue to use their talisman in Lowry. Either way, it's doubtful Boston will shoot as badly as they did from three. They went seven from 35 this game. Looks like they'll come out strong, but there's no doubt that the Raptors have the momentum 